What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to the division round episode of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL football season. And look, Great weekend of games coming off of Super Wild Card Weekend. A half dozen excellent games. We had some favorites that really came through and performed. We had a couple of upsets, including a fairly significant one in Minnesota. We had some epic comebacks, or what looked like they might be epic comebacks. Great divisional football games. We had it all. We basically had it all confined there in Super Wild Card Weekend, a very exciting weekend of football, and we've got another one coming right up for us this week. Uh, a relatively successful uh, Super Wild Card Weekend. I went 4-2 and two straight up. I did get a couple of games wrong, like I, I put my faith in the Chargers and how silly could I possibly be for that, and uh, I also put my faith in, who else? Oh, Tampa Bay. So I guess I was a little foolhardy in putting my faith in Tampa Bay as well, but four and two straight up, only two, three, and one against the spread. I pushed on the Cincinnati Baltimore game, so I was close in that one, but wound up pushing. And uh, on the totals, I was even money three and three. So I'm going to take nine, eight, and one as maybe somewhat of a slow start to the playoffs, but far from disastrous. We'll put it that way. So I felt I felt good about where the picks were at uh, for Super Wildcard Weekend, and I feel good about moving forward with the picks heading into the divisional round. Uh, if we take a peek into the Bridgewater's Finest straight up pick'em pool, obviously for season 11 of this show, I did move back into 10th place out of 37. I was in 7th place as of uh, last week's episode, so I did move into 10th. Uh, 1,515 of 2,252 possible confidence points. It's a clip of 67.3%, where I did move a little bit forward based off of bringing in 48 of 66 available points on Super Wild Card Weekend. That's a clip of 72.7. Nothing wrong with that at all. Wasn't quite good enough to match our winner. Shout out to our Super Wild Card Weekend winner, West Coast Martin, who wins it walking away. The only one to bring in 60 of 66 possible confidence points last week. Martin went 5-1 and one on Super Wild Card Weekend. That's better than 90% of the available confidence points Martin brought in on Super Wild Card Weekend. Gotta feel pretty good about that. Now, in terms of the overall lead, Anthony Simone re... re uh, is remains the overall leader. That's the word I was going for. I was, I flopped between remains and retains. And anyway, Anthony Simone is still there up top, uh, 1586 of 2,252 possible confidence points, a clip of 70.4%. Now, Anthony has built a 30 point lead in this pool and with just 80 points left to be won between now and the end of the season all but the top 12 in this 37 person pool are mathematically eliminated from the overall championship however that's still a dozen people within 80 points who are mathematically still alive for the final championship to be number one in the standings at the end of the season. The top 12 are still mathematically in the running. And I'm going to take this opportunity to remind you that if you go to the description of this live stream of the VOD, 
of the podcast episode, however you interact with this show, you're going to find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for the divisional round in the uh, NFL playoffs this year. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's finest pick em pool, which uh, again, it's never too late. If you win a week, you get yourself shouted out just like West Coast Martin did, just like Anthony Simone did. You can get yourself shouted out on this show. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube prognosticators facebook page and information on my great friends and sponsors right here ladies and gentlemen nerdtease.ca you want to use that promo code on the website nerdtease.ca the promo code is bwfinest that is going to get you 15 percent at checkout you're also going to get free shipping in canada on any order over a hundred bucks which is excellent value and if you're one of my american viewers or listeners you get a great conversion rate on the u.s dollar now today's blend is black forest cake it has very quickly risen up the rankings of the nerd tease blends that are available it's a, it's a dessert in a cup like it, it smells incredible and it tastes really really good as well and it's one of just dozens and dozens of incredible options that you can find on nerdtease.ca once again you want to hit that promo code which is bwfinest save you 15% get your free shipping find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love you can do it on nerdtease.ca cheers folks so this is the point basically in the audio version of the podcast where it's going to pick back up from the false start that we had earlier uh, with the audio not showing up on the live stream version of the podcast. But now we've got that taken care of and now it's time to talk about some divisional round football games. Could not be more excited that we are this deep into the postseason already. Again, coming off a great week of games on Super Wildcard Weekend. Really looking forward to what the NFL has has in store for us this week obviously a highly emotional game coming up in buffalo we will get there but let's talk about these games and we are going to start in kansas city where the kansas city chiefs with the number one overall seed in the afc are going to play host to the jacksonville jaguars who came up with a 31 to 30 ultimate come from behind victory against the los angeles chargers on super wild card weekend a game that they really had no business winning as far as i'm concerned but that was due to the wild ineptitude of the los angeles chargers and it's not just the play caller because earlier today i believe it was the offensive coordinator and play caller as well as the quarterbacks coach that got relieved of duties like yeah sure the quarterback coach that's definitely the problem um i'm all for the offensive coordinator getting fired how brandon staley still has a job doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever like that feels like the first thing that you do is just say you know what this experiment we don't think is working. We're going to go in a different direction. And that to me should have started with the head coach, but doesn't look like that's the way that they're going to go. So it is what it is. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Kansas City Chiefs come into this game both riding long win streaks. Jacksonville has won six consecutive games, including last week. The Chiefs ended the season on a five-game win streak, playing some of their best ball of the season. Uh, so look, Jacksonville in the uh, Super Wildcard weekend in the first round, they moved the ball fairly well on the Chargers, but I think it was the defense actually that really stepped up and played a key role, especially in the second half 
despite the fact that they did give up 30 points, I mean, because of all the turnovers, the defense was put in no-win situations the entire first half of that football game. So, I mean, it, it doesn't shock me that even though the defense gave up 30 points, they're actually top three in terms of the, what was it, the 12 teams that played last week in terms of total defense. The defense did not give up a ton of yardage. I actually think their defense played a fairly good game, especially in the second half. So this defense, nothing to sneeze at, and they did move the ball fairly well on the Chiefs as well. Jacksonville is going to need every little bit of that to walk into Kansas City, take on a team that I believe was the number one scoring offense in the NFL this year, the number one total offense in the NFL this year, and actually fell just short of being a top 10 total defense. Everybody talks about the offense for the Chiefs and with good cause, but the defense, I feel, this season was not given the credit that it deserves. This was a good defense this year in Kansas City. I believe the average margin of victory for Kansas City this year was 29 to 22. So you're talking about a full touchdown in terms of the average margin of victory. This is a better defense than people gave it credit for. Obviously, Kansas City coming into this game off of the bye. Now, uh, they did win coming off their bye week earlier this season. I think they only won the game by three, but were really heavy favorites going into that game. A win's a win, but three points, fairly close. Uh, Jacksonville, in their last four games, including the game uh, last week, they're outscoring their opponents by a margin of 12. It's like the second best of any team remaining in the playoffs. That margin of victory, uh, 12 points, it's 25 to 13, I believe, is the average score over the last four games. The Jags are playing excellent football and should not be taken lightly in this matchup whatsoever. I mean, that being said, the Chiefs are also playing some of their absolute best football of the season. They are average margin of victory in their last four games. I think it was 28 to 18. So you're talking about a double digit margin of victory, almost as good as Jacksonville's. But when you have this chiefs team that is built so immaculately well, if you're not like, if you're not playing at your absolute best and them coming into the game, really struggling, it's going to be really, really tough to knock off a team like this. Jacksonville has probably the steepest test I would say of any team on the, in the divisional round. And I say that with, of course, all due respect to the Eagles, but the Eagles are also playing a division opponent that knows them very well. So I just think Jacksonville, I think their mountain is that much larger because it's a team they don't necessarily always get to play. Should be pretty obvious which way I'm going with this one. Straight up, you gotta go. You have to go with Kansas City uh, in this game. Like that team is, there's so many ways for that team to beat you. And there are so few avenues. It's such a narrow line to walk to try to beat that team. There's such a, such a thin line to find the exact path to beat the Kansas City Chiefs on most weeks. That team is just so well, they're so well coached. I mean, it, it's top down. It's, it's everywhere. So I, you have to believe that, that the Chiefs are going to uh, pull off this one. I love a stat right now in the chat from Matt, the NFL fanatic, Andy Reid, 27 and four for his career coming off of a bye. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's such an incredible record. That's a dude. That's, that is an incredible coach. 
that's a coach that is going to maximize that bye week to prepare for whoever the opponent might be. The fact that they get Jacksonville, Jacksonville was a fairly mediocre road team this year, um, especially against the spread. Like I think there were, f- uh, I think there were four and I'm trying to remember. I think they were under five hundred away from home this year. Uh, even against the spread, they were only three and five uh, on the road. Or sorry, on the road as an as an underdog. Yeah, I think they were like four and five straight up, something like that. I don't think they're the road warrior team that's going to go in there and beat Kansas City. So give me the Chiefs straight up. Against the spread, the Chiefs are laying eight and a half points here as a home favorite. That's a fairly hefty line for a playoff game. Like eight and a half points, it's fairly big. It's not the biggest. Obviously, we saw last week, I think Buffalo was favored by 12 and a half ultimately at kickoff, I think it was in most places. So, I mean, it's not the biggest we've seen, but eight and a half is a fairly substantial line. Uh, at home as a favorite this year, Kansas City only 2-4-1 and one against the spread as a home favorite. Obviously, they've gotten some big overblown home spreads. Jacksonville as a dog on the road, three and five against the spread this year. So neither one of these two teams lighting it on fire. I think I got to take the points with Jacksonville. The dog was two and four against the spread last week, despite the fact that home teams were four and two, like taking the points really paid off last week. It's paid off all season long. I think I'm going to have to take the points there on the Jags. Give me the plus eight and a half on Jacksonville. Total in the game set at 52 and a half points. It is the largest total of the divisional round. Uh, The Chiefs only eight and nine uh, to the over this year, despite that high powered offense. Jacksonville nine and nine, even money to the over this year. Kansas City only two and six to the over at home. Because again, you're getting big lines, big totals. A Chiefs game getting played in Kansas City, you're getting 50s probably every single week. And look, I said it from the top, that Chiefs defense is underrated. Uh, The Jags, they might only be 9-9 to the over. They are 6-3 on the road, so the road overs have been hitting for the Jags this season, but... I I don't think that supersedes a Kansas City team who should be in control of this game for a large part of it, them only hitting two overs in eight home games. I think we got to stick under on this one, even though the over was five and one last week. Let's go under 52 and a half points in Kansas City, Jacksonville. Let's go Chiefs 27, Jags 21. Chiefs win. Give me the plus eight and a half on Jacksonville, and I'll take the under on that 52 and a half points. So let's see here. We got quite a bit going on in the chat. Uh, Half Moon in there says, hey, Justin, editing and listening. I like it. Keebs only went one and three last week. Ugh, not great, not great. You'll rebound though. You're good. Uh, Andrew, I agree with Jacksonville. I've been saying it all year long, as you know, absolutely. Keebs, I think the NFL wants that neutral site game. They may very well. Uh, the Kansas City Mahomes is the second. Kansas City uh, Bills in Atlanta is happening. Uh, Andy, the stat about Andy Reid, 27 and four off the bye. Half Moon chipping in the Jags, five and one against the spread in their last six games. Keep saying I got the Jags at plus nine. Excellent. Matt asks the question, thoughts on the NFL allowing the Chiefs and Bills to sell tickets for the neutral site AFC title game? 
I think that's probably a logistical thing that does look a little more sinister than they probably mean for it to be. On the surface of it, it looks like, oh, they're allowing you to sell these tickets, so they're predetermining that that's what the game is going to be. And I, I like, I get it. I totally understand. Um, I think it's more a logistical thing than anything else. I'm sure they've got 101 um, different alternatives for ways to get around that if that's not the way that it winds up. Uh, keeps chipping in. NFL wants their bowl game. Maybe that's true. You know what? Maybe all of it is true. Like I said a few weeks ago, earlier this season, that I was like, you know what? I'm I'm just willing to admit at this point that, that the NFL might be a fugazi. So, you know what? I, I, maybe that is the case. Maybe they do want that bowl game. Um, maybe that's the case, but I, I think it's more a logistical thing than anything else. Tyler, I don't know anything about football. I'm just here to be annoying. I wouldn't have it any other way, sir. And thank you for helping me with my, uh, my, my tech support issue. Uh, let's see. I hate it. Neutral site AFC title game. Whoever has the better record gets home field. Yeah, it's, it's. The neutral site is definitely not the... This is why I, I advocated for them to call it a tie. Should have just called it a tie. Anyway, let's go to Philadelphia now where the Eagles are going to play host to their division rivals from New York, the New York Giants. Philly obviously coming into this game off of their bye, having wrapped up the number one seed in the NFC. The Eagles, a top five total offense, a top five total defense from the regular season. Obviously, Philly had an incredible season to get that number one seed in the NFC. The Giants coming off of an impressive 31-24 victory against the Minnesota Vikings last week on the road. They're going to be coming into this one. This will be their third consecutive road game, which has been a thing. It's been a thing all season long. I've talked about it all season long. Those multiple road games in a row can really start to wear on a team. Now, on the plus side, the Giants have been playing this kind of football, this kind of underdog, uh, not like away from home. They didn't play away from home any really much more than anybody else, but this underdog mentality, it feels like the Giants have been playing playoff football since about week four. I don't know, like, maybe that's weird, maybe it's weird to look at it that way, but it just feels like they've played this entire season in these kinds of situations with this kind of mentality. So even though it is their third straight road game, I think they might be a little more comfortable in that context than maybe some other teams. Uh, Giants in their last four games, including the game last week, uh, outscoring opponents by a margin of six, 27 to 21. The offense is going well. The defense is playing well. And Philadelphia, interestingly enough. Okay, so the Eagles... They outscored opponents on average all season by eight points, 28 to 20. The offense was real good. The defense was real good. In their last four games, and I can hear the argument starting already, but let me at least say the numbers and then we'll talk about it. In the last four games, they've been outscored on average by a single point, 24 to 23. Now what uh, Eagles fans will immediately jump in and say is it was towards the end of the season. A couple of those games didn't really matter. Although, look, there was still a chance right up until, what, week 16, week 17, that maybe they might not get that number one seed. 
And granted, there was a little bit in there where you had some guys that were injured. And all I'm saying is the numbers say, and numbers can say a lot of things, but these numbers say they were in fact outscored. Does that matter a ton? Probably not. But when you look at how some of the other teams were playing coming into the playoffs, I'm just saying. I think despite the fact that the... Giants actually had a pretty impressive performance there against Minnesota last week. They're the number two total offense in these playoffs so far. So number two out of 12 and the total defense number four out of 12. That was a solid performance on all sides of the ball in that game against Minnesota, a game where they were the underdogs. They were on the road. They weren't necessarily quote unquote supposed to win with how good Minnesota was all season long. That was a great performance on both sides of the ball. And I think the giants should feel really, really good about that. Now, whether that's enough to step to the Philadelphia Eagles after the season that the Eagles have had, it's tough to say the Eagles played this giants team. What was it? The last it was the last week of the season, wasn't it? Wasn't that the Eagles final game? And I think they beat them in that game. So they've played each other relatively recently, which should help. I think both of those teams, this is a tough call. Um, the, the upset, this is one situation where the upset is definitely calling to me, but man, that third straight road game, that's what really that's what really holds me. This really hammers me right there is that third straight road game is bad news. Like I have a pick. Like I'm I'm st- I'm sitting here kind of like like I'm struggling with it. I have a pick. But whether it's the pick I want to stick with is is the uh, is the real question mark here. Whether I want to stick with it or whether I want to go for it. I went for it last week and it paid off. <sighs> Let's have some fun. Let's just have some fun. The New York Giants go into Philadelphia and upset the Philadelphia Eagles, the number one seed in the NFC, one and done. That's a very good football team over there. Very good on both sides of the ball. Feels like Daniel Jones has got something special going with this Giants team, though, doesn't it? Daniel Jones, Brian Dable. Just feels like that Giants team. Saquon Barkley making his playoff debut and what a playoff debut it was. Let's take the G-Men to get the upset, go into Philadelphia, and beat a division rival. Now, one way or the other, on the line, the pick's not changing. The pick has always been Giants plus 7.5. I like the, the pick's always been Giants plus 7.5. The Eagles, as a favorite at home, are 6-3. and three. They've had a very good season in Philadelphia. 6-3 and three against the spread. The Giants, as dogs on the road, are 7-1 and one against the spread. The dogs were barking for the Giants all season long. Like, they were covering numbers left, right, and center. Little numbers, big numbers. It didn't matter. The Giants were finding ways to cover, even if they weren't finding ways to win. So this pick was always going to be Giants plus 7.5. Total here is 48.5. The Eagles are 10-7 to the over this year. The Giants just under 500 at 8-9-1. The Eagles 6-3 to the over at home this year. I think I got to grab this over and I think this gets pretty comfortably into the fifties. So I feel fairly comfortable about going over 48 and a half points in Philadelphia, New York. Let's go giants 28 
Eagles 27. The Giants get a Saquon Barkley touchdown, let's say in the last two, three minutes of the game, and that seals it. 28 to 27. Giants get the upset win, throw the NFC playoff picture completely on its head. Giants go into Philly and beat the Eagles. Uh, if the Giants beat the Eagles, I'll rub it in with my boss who is an Eagles fan. Oh yes, Andrew, absolutely. The, the, the shit talk has to a hundred percent. That absolutely has to be there. Uh, let's see. Dayball hands down coach of the year. Matt says, I think I probably agree with that. There's, there's other ones that are in there. Like Doug Peterson certainly deserves, uh, certainly deserves a lot of, uh, consideration there. Uh, Keeb says, I wish he was still a bill. I'm not sure which one, uh, not sure who you're, who are you talking about there? Keebs? I wish they were still a bill. Uh, giants covered a 16 and a half point spread giants best against. Oh, Dayball. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, let's see. I had Jalen hurts in fantasy football at my work and I was one and done in the playoffs. Ah, that sucks. Sorry about that. Uh, Andrew, that's, that's not great. Uh, New York Giants 2007 familiar could be getting those vibes there, right? Halfway home, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to Buffalo where the Bills are going to play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. And this just feels like this is the game that should be taking place. You know what I mean? The game that never ultimately got to get finished, of course, due to the circumstances around DeMar Hamlin. Now they go to Buffalo, and this is going to be an emotionally charged game. They're talking about having DeMar Hamlin in the building. Maybe this is just me being a wiener, but I, I don't know how comfortable I feel with that. Like, here's a guy that just went through, like, a, a significant heart issue, and you're talking about having him in the building surrounded by 60 70 like however many thousands tens of thousands of people in your own building where emotions are going to be running high it's a different experience watching it on television and not necessarily being there like this still only happened like a few weeks ago like i don't know exactly how comfortable i feel with that concept i mean look if a if no doctor is going to step in front of him and say like, Hey, hang on. Like, let's, let's not do this yet. If that's not going to be the case, then I guess everything's fine. And maybe I'm just being weird about it, but I don't know how I feel about that where it's, you know, matters of the heart, but in a medical sense, maybe that's just, is that me being weird? I don't know. It might be. If it is, I own it. Both of these teams riding significant winning streaks coming into this game. Cincinnati, a nine-game winning streak. Buffalo, an eight-game winning streak. Uh, so obviously these two teams playing their absolute best football. They finished the season strong. That's continued for both of these teams through uh, into the playoffs. Cincinnati, a 24-17 win over division rival Baltimore last week. Buffalo holding on for a division win of their own 34 to 31 against the Miami Dolphins. Cincinnati, their offense really didn't look all that great in that Baltimore game, did it? Like it took it took a bizarre play on their own goal line for them to get the difference in that football game. Like they that's the very definition of escaping with a win is exactly what Cincinnati was able to do 
uh, in that game last week. And again, Buffalo was in tough for a lot of that game. It came down to the wire against, you know, a third, uh, like in both of these cases, these teams up against second slash third string quarterbacks. And uh, it was not an easy path for either one of these football teams to get to this game. But now they're here. Obviously, emotions are running high. This is a, a matchup of two of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, a matchup of two of the elite overall teams, two great coaching staffs. Like, it's all kinds of, there's all kinds of interesting storylines going, um, going into this one. But again, Cincinnati, I didn't think their offense looked great. As a matter of fact, in terms of total offense, they are the 11th of 12 playoff teams after the first week. So they were the second worst total offense on Super Wild Card Weekend. They were about middle of the pack in terms of total defense. Buffalo top four in total offense. And Buffalo allowed the fewest yards of Super Wild Card Weekend. The number one total defense on Super Wild Card Weekend. So that defense definitely having themselves an excellent game. Look, again, it's both of these teams that had tight games last week, played exceptionally well down the stretch, long winning streaks for both of them. Something in this matchup has got to give. And that something is usually the intangibles. It's usually, like, we talk about it being a game of inches, and sometimes those inches are mental like sometimes they're not physical inches at all it's it's the mental edge it's the edge of the intangibles the immeasurables and between these two teams i think the team that has that is the cincinnati Bengals. i think the Bengals have the bills number i think it continues i think there's something about this Bengals team that for whatever reason the bills do not have the penicillin for it yet they haven't figured it out. Maybe they figure it out this week. But as of right now, I really like the Cincinnati Bengals in this spot, even though I have questions about that offensive line. And we'll have to see if the offense rebounds from the performance that it had last week. They're not playing a division game this time. I think they do rebound. I'm going to take the Bengals here. I like Cincinnati in the upset. Give me the Bengals on the road in Buffalo to beat the Bills. On the line here, Buffalo is favored by four and a half points at home. I totally get it, but this feels like a hedge as well, especially with how the underdogs are just rolling this season. So Cincinnati plus four and a half, I'd be on that one way or the other. I like them to win outright, so I'm more than happy to take the points. Total in the game set at 48 and a half, which is identical to the Philadelphia-New York game. This feels like an over to me as well, but that's a play on the playoffs as a whole. Because both of these teams are under 500 to the over this year. Uh, Buffalo's only 7 and 10, Cincinnati 7, 9, and 1. It's worth mentioning five of Buffalo's seven overs have come at home. So they definitely score more points in their own building. And since then I don't have them winning the game, the other team scoring more than they do. I think this game gets into a low 50. So give me over 48 and a half points in Cincinnati, Buffalo. Let's go Bengals, 27 bills, 24 Cincinnati wins. Give me the plus four and a half on the Bengals and give me the over on the points. Uh, I think all the overs covered last week. The over was five and one last week, um, Stephen. The one game that stayed under 
was uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore because their number was, what was their number? Their number was 42 and a half and they got to 41. So they stayed, they stayed under unless the number dipped significantly before kickoff. Uh, the rest of them, the rest of them all went over. So I'm sure that there were some books where maybe the number was like 40 and a half or something like that. And it might've snuck over that way. Oh, kickoff was 40 and a half. There you go. So yeah. So technically based on the kickoff lines, uh, then, then, uh, everything, everything did go over. Most of the lines that I saw stayed at 42 and a half. So I'm still crediting that as an under technically, but again, some books definitely could have done 40 or 40 and a half. Either way, it was like pretty darn good number. Like it was right there. All right. Our final matchup of the divisional round sees the Dallas Cowboys hit the road for the fourth straight time. As this time they go into San Francisco to take on Mr. All of a sudden relevant Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers who are playing just some incredible football. That offense is immaculate. Like that offense is incredible. The sheer fact that, and it's not just based on the point total that they put up last week against a Seattle team whose defense has been eh this year. It's the fact that over like the last four games, they're averaging like 38 points a game. Like this offense is insane. And I don't think that there are a lot of defenses in football that have the antidote, that have the answer for what the Niners are doing on offense right now. Dallas, like I mentioned, this is their fourth straight road game, which again, we talked about it. It's bad news. It's not great. This is a top three offense based on what they've done uh, so far in the playoffs from the game last week. Got middle of the pack in terms of total defense at number seven. San Francisco on an 11 game winning streak, a wild wild winning streak that extends beyond the double digits the number one total offense so far in the playoffs and number five in terms of the total defense so both sides of the ball were clicking rather well for the Niners last week last four games outscoring opponents by an average of 38 to 23 just crazy just insane the offensive output that they've been able to put up Dallas outscoring opponents by an average of four, but their games have certainly been quite a bit closer. Andrew dropping in the chat saying if Dallas loses to San Francisco, I'd love to see a Stephen A. Smith reaction on it. Oh, don't worry. ESPN will have that everywhere and it'll just be his big stupid face in a cowboy hat because it's the same reaction he gives every time the Cowboys lose. It's anyway, it is what it is. That's that's Stephen A. Smith for you. How do you not go with the Niners in this game? Like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how you don't go with San Francisco in this one. If you're a Cowboys homer, I get it. I totally understand. But boy, I don't know how you don't like just ride this Niners train until the wheels fall off of it because they're just, they're just doing something special and they're just running over everybody. They're doing it offensively. They're doing it defensively. They're doing it with special teams. They're doing it with coaching. They're doing it with... I, I found out something interesting today because we were talking about in a different group, we were talking about quarterbacks and we were talking about high, high, like highly paying quarterbacks and about how like the four highest paid quarterbacks this year, their teams didn't make the playoffs in terms of like, Oh, you know, it was almost like it was a, Hey, don't pay your quarterbacks 
kind of thing because the, the highest paid quarterbacks their teams didn't make the playoffs, which is true. The top four quarterbacks in terms of the contract value, the AAV for this year, none of their teams made the playoffs. Green Bay almost did, but none of their teams made the playoffs. That's true. And then I was looking and I, I was trying to like draw a dichotomy here where it's like, well, okay, but three of the quarterbacks that are in the $40 million club did make the playoffs and all three of those teams are in this divisional round. But then I was saying you can contrast that with what San Francisco is doing with, and I wanted to say their third string quarterback, but I happened to be on spot track going down the list of quarterback salaries. Brock Purdy is their fourth highest paid quarterback. Everybody remember Josh Johnson? Cause I certainly didn't. Josh Johnson's making $1.2 million or something this year. So Brock Purdy is literally their fourth most expensive quarterback just on that team. And look at what he's doing. It's incredible. Almost unprecedented what Brock Purdy has been able to do and what this Kyle Shanahan offense has been able to do. It, it almost, it has to be unprecedented. It has to be very close to being unprecedented. Like, that's something for a research department. When was the last time a team's fourth highest paid quarterback was leading them to playoff wins? It's it's insane. Anyway, I'm obviously very firmly on the 49ers in this game. Let's take San Francisco to get the win over Dallas. Uh, on the line, most of this, uh, most of today, this game was a minus four. It has slipped now to minus three and a half for San Francisco, and I am more than happy to lay that minus three and a half on a San Francisco team that is eight and one against the spread at home this year as a favorite. Now, Dallas is two and one as a dog on the road, so they've converted a couple of times in this spot, but that's a really tasty number on arguably the best team in football. So you got to lay that three and a half. I love that. Absolutely love it. Let's lay the minus three and a half on the Niners. Total in the game here set at 46 and a half points, our smallest total of the week. Uh, both of these teams are at least 500 to the over this year. San Francisco is 10 and eight. They're also six and four to the over at home this year. It's such a beatable number, especially with the offensive explosion that we saw on Super Wildcard Weekend. I think you got to go over on this one. Over 46 and a half points in San Francisco, Dallas. Let's go Niners 30, Dallas 24. Like, I think this is still a competitive football game, but I'm more than happy to grab those numbers on the Niners. Niners win, Niners cover, and give me the over on the points. There you go, folks. Those are my picks for the divisional round of the 2022 NFL playoffs. We'll go over them here with you one more time. I've got Kansas City beating Jacksonville 27 to 21, taking plus eight and a half with the Jags in a game that stays under 52 and a half points. I got the New York Giants upsetting the Philadelphia Eagles 28 to 27, taking the plus seven and a half with New York in a game that goes over 48 and a half. I've got the Cincinnati Bengals over the Buffalo Bills 27 to 24 in Buffalo. So I like the plus four and a half on Cincinnati in a game that goes over 48 and a half points. 
And I got the San Francisco 49ers beating the Dallas Cowboys 30 to 24. Gave me the minus three and a half on San Francisco and over 46 and a half points. Ladies and gentlemen, those are my picks for the division round games. Thank you so much for tuning in. We false started here at the beginning of the stream, but I feel like we finished strong. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. By the way, if you've been watching the movie awards, the ninth lineal Justin and Tyler movie awards, I hope you've been enjoying those videos. Still two more videos to come. One of them comes tomorrow. And then the finale, our top 10 best movies of 2022. That video is coming on Friday. Thank you so much for your support on the movie awards thank you so much for your support of course on the nfl pick show season 11 of this show we will see you again for the afc and nfc championship games maybe neutral site maybe not we'll have to see thank you for stopping in and enjoy the games this weekend